Welcome to Puck Talk CS. I'm Chavs alongside Steve, and today we will be announcing major news for our podcast, Puck Talk CS. We will be talking about the Bo Horvat trade to the Islanders. I mean, there's no reason to sugarcoat anything. It's been about 48 hours now, about eh, maybe like 36 hours since that happened. And we're going to address some of the media inf- misinformation with the Trevor Zegers incident real quick. But Steve-O, I, I really think uh, this is a big day for Puck Talk. I feel like this is our Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, we're rolling strong. First of all, what's up, everybody? We got a big announcement coming up here. We've teased it now in the last episode and over the course of the week from the socials. Puck Talk's been going strong since 2015, and we've gone through many different iterations, rebranding, everything. And I think that we are couldn't be more prouder to announce a new chapter here today, coming soon. Chives, let's jump right in. Let's talk some puck. Steve-O, this is a big day. Uh, I know we've been waiting. I, I don't even know exactly what how I wanted to announce it, right? And I think the best thing was to just jump right into it. Um, Steve, Steve-O and I, we grew up where Puck Talk came from, our little fable-like beginnings. We would walk home from school and talk about New York Rangers hockey, baby. And at the end of the day, I've grown up a fan my whole life. That's what got me into the sport. That's how I was like, wow, that sport's really cool. Um, I want to play it. And then it, it just really consumed everything. Steve and I, our lockers were next to each other, middle school, and that's how it all started. And it's ultimately just more natural to talk about the Rangers with some credibility and energy. Um, I, I found that in the time crunches, especially with what's going on, you know, Steve and I were young men now, you know, uh, in high school, it was so fun to just everything was NHL hockey. It was like, I, we, we do the podcast for like three hours, you know, after school. And then I would have practice that night. Steve was a working man. He was involved in some things too, but now it's just simply not that easy. Um, and I think that's also us growing up and knowing like there's, this isn't truly who I am. I can state for me that I know so much about the whole league in the sense that when I'm keeping up with it, I'm able to. But in the inertia of what's going on right now as a college student, it's very difficult to keep up sometimes. Now, I think everything was really like secondary sources, which isn't an issue. And I think that's what most podcasts are, right? It's it's a voice on what's going on, but you have to be well-read and well-versed. And I think it truly became a difficult decision on what we wanted to do because it felt that if I wasn't keeping up or if I, I wasn't making time on top of very busy days to keep up with the entire NHL, it was difficult to come up with content, to come up with, to, to produce the show. So I truly didn't have the knowledge, I think, to generate conversations of legitimate substance and of listeners' interest. Where we saw this as well was we would hit our main markets, Montreal Canadiens, Pittsburgh Penguins, New York, all around. But it became a little more difficult to reach and if we talked about the St. Louis Blues or Colorado Avalanche, we found that, you know, a team that just won the cup, 
we're not really gaining a lot of viewership from them. Um, so that was also part of it. We're young. We like to talk hockey, but I also want to connect to the hockey community. And it's a saturated market. There's a lot of voices now. Um, if you're tuning in, I don't think I want to take the credibility from Steve-O and I at all and what, for what we've worked for and what we're doing. But you're probably going to turn to 32 Thoughts with Elliot Friedman before you probably step to us because he's literally an insider. Um, but I think a niche for us would be to provide uh, thorough and provoking conversations from our actual experience of keeping up with our team game by game. Uh, rather than biting off more than I think we can chew. I think a lot of our conversations hung around were player specific, were major news. And as the year kind of came along, granted, right now, all of a sudden this week, ironically, this is the most Chad and Steve thing to happen. The news is really picking up. But there, for the longest time, it was very basic. And it was difficult to generate ideas for it. Now, before I turn to Steve, I'll say that I think we'll have a more quality product moving in the direction of covering the New York Rangers. We will still have predictions. We'll still have the fantasy wire, and this will be for every team and our knowledge of the league. It won't keep us from talking about big topics like this Bo Horvat trade a hundred percent will be talked about. And it will probably have though the, the following that follows that conversation would be like, how does it affect the Metro? Because we do want to shift the focus a little bit. And I look forward to our next step. I think something that I'll leave off on for our announcement is that I feel very childlike still in terms of our fandom. And I think the most successful people in the world are hardworking, really hardworking men and women that have a childlike joy that comes with doing what they do. And I realized quickly that with Puck Talk, I love the NHL. I love covering the whole league. It's so fun. And I know it will only benefit the both of us in the long run, but I don't think it means we're going to be ignorant to what's going on in the rest of the league. I just think that the true joy comes from this team. And I think it is the right decision for us to make the shift. And this was a decision that took about a month for Steve and I to come to this conclusion. So I want to let Steve-O talk now. Oh, Chives, that was great. I, you know, I'm going to add on now. That was great. You know, and this was really a careful consideration by both of us. And I think this is the best decision and direction for Puck Talk. You know, we are from the New York metro area. And Chives and I, like he mentioned, have grown up as big time Ranger fans stemming back to 2015, walking home in middle school. And this is where our knowledge is the strongest. And this is where our hearts are with. They're with the team night in and night out. So we will gradually, slowly transition Puck Talk to a Rangers podcast in the coming weeks. And we will fully incorporate the switch over here on the website and all across all Puck Talk CS platforms on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. However, we and Chives acknowledges, I do want to voice this too. If you're a listener of a certain team, and we know that we have a lot of followers from Pittsburgh and a lot of other teams in the metro area and up in Canada, and you want us to answer a certain question, you can still DM us, comment. I mean, come playoff time, any hot topic on the rise, like we're, we'll be talking today, you can still reach out and ask us, and we will still probably cover these hot topics, especially as we push towards these playoffs. 
But again, since we are from the New York metro area, obviously the Rangers, um, Islanders and Devils too are also the teams that we have extensive knowledge on. You know, we want to focus in on the specific area within, you know, uh, our, our area. And of course, Islanders or Devils are also huge teams, you know, and components of the metro as well. Um, but that's where we stand. I mean, the cat's out of the bag now, Chives. So there's the heads up. Puck Talk CS will be transitioning to an all Rangers podcast very, very, very shortly. And listen, we know we have a lot of Ranger fans and, and we have a big Rangers following as well. So this really gives us the opportunity to focus on what we love and a huge portion of what our listeners follow to as well. Some of our best episodes, obviously, when we bring Jake Zaretsky along uh, with Johnny Lazarus, you know, we really gained a, a big Rangers traction from those episodes. So listen, Chives, I'm proud of what Paul, Puck Talk has been and come to since 2015. And we really restarted and rebranded multiple times. And I'm so proud of what it's become, Chives. And I'm also proud of what it will become with this new phase, carrying the dream back to the roots. I couldn't be more excited, Chives. Steve, I love this statement. Uh, you, you virtually talked about everything else I think I hadn't touched upon. Uh, I, I really appreciate, obviously, that you were taking the time as well to speak your mind and talk about the direction we're going in because this this right here is steve and i that is it behind everything that we're doing so it's awesome to see the next phase and i think as steve said i i echo everything steve just mentioned um this conversation between steve and i we'd, we'd been mulling it over for a little while in fact when we rebranded a year ago that was a conversation we had and I think for, even though I was vocal about it about a month ago, initially, it really only took like one phone call to really just like iron out and decide like, this is really what we wanted to do. And I think neither of us act on impulse, but we really looked at the whole big picture. And uh, I do agree with everything Steve just mentioned, you know, as in today's episode, we're announcing the transition. We're talking about a trade between the Canucks and Islanders. So with that, I think we move forward. Like you said, cat's out of the bag. First, I want to touch really quick about the whole Zegras situation on social media, because even we posted about it. Um, Troy Stetcher's father passed away the year of COVID in the bubble. I know a lot of fans remember when he scored because he's not a goal scoring defenseman pointed up to the sky. Everyone was like, you know, what's that all about? Because it was during the COVID year, so there wasn't a lot of media coverage, and he had stated that his, you know, father passed away. And now there was an altercation in a Ducks and Coyotes game where I'm sure he saw it on the internet already if you're listening to our podcast, but Zegris and Stetcher got into it. One chirp really set him off, and something that everybody – jumped to immediately was that Zegers must have said something about that because why would his own teammates react in a specific way now what's come out is that the penalties actually weren't on Zegers on Stetcher so it wasn't about what he stated and it's also come out that there was a hot mic some hot mics around and more footage surfaced that Stetcher had mentioned that he'd said something about his family but it was not his father now not only that 
media and journalists have also stated that that's not what it was about. Now, granted, we don't know. Like, this is one of those situations where it's like, I don't know if we'll ever really know. You know, we're not going to know an answer. But the reason we wanted to bring it up was how that media misinformation really just flew around. I think uh, it's also happening right now, I think, with the Chiefs and Bengals game. So I just think it's a hot topic in sports right now. And I think at the end of the day, you'd hate to see Zegers take that step. And I was very critical initially um, because I think that's too far. I definitely do think that is too far if you bring something like that into the conversation. Uh, So first, my respect seemed pretty lost. But now that more has come out, I think there's a little more to question. And I think that it's just an important topic to talk about, right? Uh, Steve, I'm sure you agree with me that this is something that we see so often now in the internet age. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I actually think you know when I first saw this, I prob- I was in the same boat as everybody else. Um, but I saw reports coming out saying this, saying that, da da da. I honestly, I'm not sure what was said, and I'm not gonna sit here and speculate what was said. Uh, I think now you know this this topic is kind of you know fading away, just like the Provorov situation did. Um, and I think that this is a little. The situation was might have been a little overblown because it doesn't seem. If you listen to the interview with Zegris, it doesn't look like he 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 acknowledged that he didn't say anything about you know his father, um, and he said that it was just normal trash talk that you know. And I'm sure stuff like this is said all the time. So that's all I'll say on this, Chives. I think sometimes it's smart to uh, for us to not dive too deep. Um, and I think most most around the internet are either when they dive deep, you see the backlash. And I think at the end of the day, there's controversy for a reason, right? There's, I wouldn't say two sides, but a lot of different thoughts going around there. Um, I just thought it would be definitely something you got to talk about something like that. I mean, BR Open Ice, they've done a great job promoting the game of hockey, I think. Like they they've made it very like sizable like smaller chunks that like people that don't know hockey or getting into it can understand and I think that's part of the whole push right now like ESPN plus we brought that up how Steve was watching games at a market I'm watching games at a market and it's so easy to access unlike in the past you wouldn't be able to uh with this uh with this page from Bleacher Report it makes it so easy like they're the first people to come out with that video um they just have interesting information so i think that is something that circled the internet can't not talk about it don't want to talk about it too much because again we're third source so what i think is something that we really have stark opinions on is the bo horvat trade so we're going to go over what we're thinking our take and we're going to question if the islanders will make the playoffs based off this so bo horvat is sent to the Islanders. He's a free agent in the summer. He's going to demand a lot. He's a 30-plus goal scorer already in this young season, pre-All-Star break, something we've never seen from Horvat. something we've seen glimpses of from Horvat. Great man off the ice, the captain of the team. He put 10 goals up in the bubble in the playoffs, and they were in the play-in round, and they played two rounds in that postseason and then lost to the Golden Knights in Game 7. And with that, the other way, the Islanders send Anthony Bovillier, who's a first-round pick, has some consistency issues when he's on, he's on, not a major point volume producer, scores some big goals, 
scored the goal that sent them to game seven in the Eastern Conference Final in 2021. And they also sent Atu Ratty. And he's been a prospect that a lot of question has been around, but ultimately looks like he'll probably end up being a middle six center. And they sent a first round pick that's top 12 protected. But I also don't see the Islanders falling below that point in the draft. So this is where things get interesting. Those are the details of the trade. Bo Horvat for Anthony Bavillier, Atu Ratti, first round pick. Sure, you know at this point what that is. Steve-O, I want to know your take on this. What is your take on the trade? Canucks, Islanders, what does this mean? Well, first of all, I did not see this coming. This was very exciting, Um, you know, as a hockey fan. You know, it's very rare that your team makes a big blockbuster trade. And I think it's even rarer that that team is the Islanders. (laughs) <laughs> so I think if you're an Islanders fan, you know, coming in, uh, and again, we talked about this multiple of times before the season have started, you know, the Islanders are hanging in there right now. And to me, they needed that one piece to really give them a, give them that boost. And right now it seems like they're going to get a, a portion of that piece. Now I, it's so funny because we did talk about this on the last episode. You know, I mentioned Bo Harvat and I said he's most likely going to be traded. And I didn't know that in less than a week he'd be he was going to be traded and go to the Islanders. Um, but I think you mentioned you know an a, an extension. You have to think that a contract extension is coming up soon. You you, you have to. Chives, you think you think so? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because Lou Lamorello is a tough cookie. Uh, He's old school. And I think it's almost where my take lands. And I think you'll know exactly what I'm going to say. This is a trade that we have to see how things play out because Bo Horvat, he's going to bring the scoring. He's going to be in the top six. You know, he's going to be either top line or centering the second line, kind of like that Leon Dreisaitl McDavid effect where they have Barzal. He's their 1C. That type of deal. But if Atu Radhi doesn't really end up hitting that ceiling, and maybe that might take a few years, if Anthony Bavillier kind of struggles to have like any sort of impact immediately, and now you're turning to, I mean, you're turning to a really deep draft, but now you got to hope that this draft pick that you draft turns into something. I think then the Canucks overall lose. And I think the Islanders lose, certainly, certainly, even if they make the postseason as a wild card and they lose in the first or second round. I mean, granted, all you need to do is get in and he's a playoff performer, but you get in, you don't, you don't win a cup. And now Bo Horvat leaves in free agency. I think then the Islanders lose because I think they mortgage too much again and I also think it's not a win necessarily if he signs because they are probably the worst cap stricken team in the league. I would argue JG Paggio's contract looks a little bit of an albatross, a little bit overblown for what he provides for the team. Matt Barzal's inked. They have most of their defensemen inked. Sorkin inked. I just think that they have so many big contracts already that now signing Bill Horvat, I think they're too, they're in cap hell for like similar to Vegas, but 
I think worse because I don't I don't think their talent level lives to that. That's my yeah. take. I think that it falls either way depending on what happens. Yeah. I think when you take a look at it, I do think there's a chance that the Islanders could could lose this trade. Um and I you know, before I jump into what I'm going to say, when you take a look at this position of the Islanders team, was this really, you know, the best move from them right now because this you can make the case that this was kind of like a desperation move for this team right now. When mm-hmm. you take a look at them in the, when you take a look at this team right now, you know, on the surface, yeah, the Islanders are in there. I just mentioned they've been hanging in there all season long. They're only two points back of a playoff spot. But when you look at it, I mean, they are much more farther behind than what your eyes are seeing on paper within the standings. You know, mm-hmm. they're playing at a pace that puts them six points back of the Sabres. And again, you are playing in, I think, one of probably the toughest divisions in hockey. And it's difficult to make ground in this division. You take a look at it. You know, I just think teams, you have better teams like Carolina, New York, Pittsburgh. These teams are more equipped to make a, uh, a bigger run, a farther run in the playoffs. And I don't think the Islanders are really, you know, I don't. it's going to take much more than Horvat to reach the point that they want to. And especially, you know, I really think I saw a couple days ago, you know, the percentages of each team, you know, within the Metro making the playoffs. I think the Islanders were below 20%. Uh, and it, it wasn't good, you know. I think what's tough is when you look at uh... – they have the goaltender. They have a strong defense. Could be stronger, I think, if they add some veterans. I think their forward group is just doesn't have the star power. And I know Bo, Bo Horvat is scoring at, and I think the argument can be made. Bo Horvat's scoring at a rate that's a star caliber. Third, I mean, he's eighth in the league in goals. He's going off this year. But that's not something that we've seen from him, nor do I think that now at 30 years old, you're going to want to sign a player to a max extension. So if we throw out the long term out of the window, Steve-O, you're thinking that they could they could lose this, right, if they don't make the postseason? I think so, yeah. I think if they don't make the postseason and they're not able to retain Horvat, I mean, this is obviously a loss. You know, you mentioned the pieces mm-hmm. they had a mortgage and gave up for this. I think it's it's going to be tough. I think, you know, there's a chance, you know, there's going to be that last spot, that last two spots up in the air, you know, and you got to throw the Devils in there, you know. It, it's clearly seen that up to this point in the season, the Devils are a better team than the Islanders right now. So there's another team into the mix. And it's just, again, it's going to be tough. You know, I can't say that this is a loss right now Um, uh, in a few months come playoff time obviously you know uh then we can make that judgment but again i think if they do sign him to a long-term deal you know and they don't make the playoffs this year it's kind of hard to say that this is going to be a loss you know so again i think you know overall for the rest of this year um this is probably a better team for horvat to play on than vancouver Mm -hmm. vancouver we talked about all season long, especially in the last episode, they're a mess. They're a dumpster fire. Yeah. So it's this is definitely a better fit for Horvat to play now. Definitely a better chance of reaching the postseason, but still, it's not guaranteed with this Islander team. And again, you mentioned you take a look at all their pieces. Well, let's talk about their goaltending for a second. Sorokin's a good goaltender, mm-hmm. and and we talked about this in the off season. He is good. 
they're just not playing well. You know, yeah. these last few weeks, you know, I've been watching them. I've been talking about ESPN Plus. I've been watching them, and they've just been losing bad games. They lost a bad game to Toronto. They lost a really bad game to Ottawa. They're just not playing well. They're not playing good well. No, no one's clicking on that top line. Power play is not clicking. Defense is looking sluggish. Goaltending's not performing. So again, it's just they're gonna need more pieces than Bo Horvat. But again, it's a start in the right direction. You hope you could throw him on there on that top line. Power play, he gets something going. You know, to spark maybe come out of the All Star break swinging, going five and one. You know, anything can happen in this league. So as of right now. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad trade, but I'm saying that there's, there is potential for this to, I don't want to say backfire, but not be a great trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of question marks, right? And I think the question marks lie in result. Uh, now, that's most trades, but sometimes you'll, you'll see a trade where it's pretty straightforward what the teams were looking for. There's some where both teams win. But Steve-O. I'm going to ask you straight to it. Do the Islanders make the playoffs with Bo Horvat? This is a good question. Uh, and I'm going to say that, yes, they do. I think they will get into the playoffs. Um, again, you know, it, it's it's hard. That bottom spot is so hard, and you cannot count Buffalo out. I'm telling you. This might Buffalo might be Steve-O's Calgary Flames of last year. I'm I know. I'm you. high on them too, man. Super I, high on them. I mean, but yeah, of course they could get into the playoffs. You know, I think for them again, it's just hockey's so such a fast moving game, and that that counts for the standing standings as well. A little too early for a team like the Islanders to be talking playoffs at this mm-hmm. point. You know, maybe let's come out of the All Star break and get a little some going, uh, getting a few wins put together, and then maybe we could start talking about positioning. But I think that overall, Horvath will help. I think he's going to help the Islanders. You take a look at them coming out of the All-Star break. They play the Flyers. They play the Canucks. How about that? That's going to draw out a nice storyline. And then they got to go play the Penguins and the Kraken. And those will be – those are two tough teams right there. So, obviously, first week off the bat coming out of the All-Star break, they're going to be challenged. And I think that's going to be so key for them. I'm going to say – I could – how about this? I might rephrase it. I could see them making the playoffs. It's mm-hmm. going to be tough. It's going to be t- tough. I don't want to definitively say, yes, they are. But, yeah, I'll give them a chance. I'm not going to write them off. Yeah, I'm in a tough spot. I've been mulling it over, and I feel like I flip-flop every minute. I'm going to say right now on the mic, no. And this is why. I think the Buffalo Sabres have more firepower. You can add Bo Horvat. You can't take away what Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck and Rasmus Dahlin are doing for Buffalo. They, they've defeated some of the best teams in the league. They've, I think their record reflects more of the up-and-down play from the first half of the year. I know we're entering the All-Star break, which is usually first half, maybe first quarter. The one thing that the Islanders have on them that I think checks off is goaltending. I don't think the save, you know, the Sabres don't have the franchise guy. It's holding up right now, but I think for the rest of the season, I think that the Buffalo Sabres are hot. And I think you, 
you look and you say the Islanders are one point back of Buffalo right now. They're one point back right now. It's hard to gain ground. And the Buffalo Sabres have really, I think, shown that they could be that dark horse. And I think there's a little more to tell about a team that feels like the underdog than a team that feels like they they can't lose, meaning not that they can't lose. They've lost plenty of games. Meaning, if we lose, what will happen? I think it. Lou Lamarello makes this move, and the classic GM quote is, we believe we can win a Stanley Cup. I don't think the Buffalo Sabres necessarily think that way. But I think, at least the management, but I do think that the management looks and they're like, man, right now, our team's popping. You know, we've really blossomed. I think the players get a different type of excitement. I think they get the halo effect. Like, oh my, oh my goodness, we're last season we were we were horrible. Now we're we're in the running for the playoffs for a wild card. I think it's harder to stop a team like that because they're more like a bowling ball downhill. It's like that confidence is just like takes over. The Islanders have been there before. And I think they're not entirely sure if they're made, you know, if they're cup made. And it sounds weird, but they also don't have that. I don't think they look at themselves like, whoa, where did we come from? We're the underdog. I think that's what it seemed like when they got into the bubble and the COVID playoff was it was, oh, man, we could really, you know, we could really do something here. And no one expected us to be here. A little bit of a chip on the shoulder. So that's why I'm going to take Buffalo. I think they have that chip on the shoulder as opposed to a team that just sacrificed more future for another player that might not have the impact that he might, you know, that he could have. So I'm going to go with Buffalo. I'm going to say the Islanders don't make playoffs. What I like about Buffalo is Mm. that they've proven that, and I don't want to stray too far away here to Buffalo, but I do want to mention that they've proven they can win the big game this season, you know, and I, you, I got to take a look at their last few games here. They're coming out and they had tough games against really tough opponents uh, and I'll throw a game at you. Dallas Stars, they played, they played a fantastic game against the Dallas Stars, who I think are one of the best teams in the league this year. And they played all around such a great game. And they beat him in overtime. So that's why I think you can't, you can't count Buffalo out, Jamies. Yeah, I think both teams compete. And I think it's if it's going to be a two-horse race as it is today, right now, I would take Buffalo. I think... I think it's a little more difficult to envision the Islanders offense, even adding Bo Horvat, doing as much as Alex Tuck, as Dylan Cousins, as the offense for Buffalo were beginning of the season. This is not how we were talking about these guys. And you could see the confidence level in their play. Granted, they may not go far. In fact, they could miss the postseason. But as you mentioned, there's a ceiling and a floor. And I think I'm a little bit, the gut's telling me a little bit more that I think that the Sabres are playing at their ceiling. And I think the Islanders kind of turn to Horvat because I think they're playing more towards their floor all around. So Chives, do you think, you know, a little too early for this, but Buffalo, have they surprised you the most this year? I know a lot of talk was about New Jersey coming out to start the year, but up to this point, you think Buffalo is the most surprising thing in the NHL this year up to this point? I wish we had like a producing staff because I would immediately be like, take the clip I stated of the Devils. In fact, it's on our Instagram. Um, I'm not. I said Jack Hughes is poised for a breakout. 
and he broke out. And I think that a lot drove through that for the Devils. Now, a lot of other things went their way. A lot of other things fell their way. They had that 13-game win streak. Vitek Vanacek's playing out of his mind way higher than anyone expected him to play. But I think I expected Jack Hughes to perform. And with that, I expected the Devils to at least compete in the Metro. I won't say but anyone envision. I don't think anyone can really claim they envision what's going on with the whole team. But with Jack Hughes alone, I knew he would break out. I think Buffalo shocks me the most because Tage Thompson had a pretty good season last year. They signed him to a big contract, and I think there was a lot of skepticism. I think the only reason I'll say I had the inclination that the Sabres might perform well is because at the end of last year, I went to a game, MSG, like March 26th, against Buffalo. Nice seats with my dad. And it was like a high-scoring game, but that's not what shocked me. The team was playing really, really good hockey. And this was at a time where it really seemed like they were the doormat. Rasmus Dahlin skating up bikes, like doing things that we didn't see since his days in the World Junior, you know, his, his performance in the World Juniors. I think the Sabres didn't necessarily blow me away either, but I'm surprised it's kept up this long. I think the Devils, they hit a point where it was like, all right, this isn't slowing down. Once the 13-game win streak happened, it was like, man, they they really are kind of the real deal in their style of play. I think Buffalo's shocked me a little bit more. Steve-O, what about you? What team has shocked you the most? I would also like to state the Blues. They were my team to make the Western Conference Final, and they define that, like, they're the definition of mid. So that takes not looking too good on me right now, and that, that also shocked me a little bit. But Steve-O, I want to know, even good or bad, what team shocked you the most? Yeah, definitely. I don't know if I could pinpoint a team right now the most, uh, but I Buffalo's up there. Buffalo is very much up there. I have to give credit to the Winnipeg Jets. They have definitely surprised me uh, up to this point. I, I know we talked rebuild. They're sitting up there as the second best team in the Central. So you have to give a credit to where it's due. How about the Seattle Kraken Chives? You know, we covered them in depth in our What's Kraken episode. They're another team that really shocked me. They're the best team mm. in the Pacific right now. They are really, 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 really shocked me. I'm really shocked about them. And also, I have to give a couple, you know, a couple of shout outs. You can't forget about the Washington Capitals. Let's go back to that Metro really quick. Obviously, mm. you know you're going to have the Hurricanes, Devils, Rangers, Penguins uh, in that match. You cannot forget about the Washington Capitals up at this point. They're hanging in there right now. And again, that's another team you have to throw in there. How about the Philadelphia Flyers, Chives? Coming out of the All-Star break, they win three games in a row. They're ahead of the Islanders. So Yeah, the Flyers are on their way back. Yeah, so, I mean, the only team that's really, you know, eliminated in the Metro is obviously the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. And they're kind of surprising, too. You know, I... I watched a few games with them, and they're so uncompetitive. It's not even funny. Like, you take a look at their – if you don't watch the Blue Jackets and Line A and Gaudreau every night and you look at the scores, you know, the, some of these, you know, 4-2 scores where they lose really don't highlight, you know, what is actually going on because this mm-hmm. team is so uncompetitive. Defensively, they're a mess. Oh my goodness, turnovers. I mean, they're just they're bouncing players around like there's no chemistry. They I mean, they look as lost 
as you're going to see in, in the National Hockey League. So it's not going well for them. But again, I do want to point, you know, you have to watch this Capitals team in there because I think, you know, their spot is going to be so big. If you see Washington fall down in the standings in the second half of the season post All-Star break, you definitely going to we definitely going to be talking about the Islanders potentially jumping them. So that'll be key. Yeah, I'll I'll finish off on two things. One, said it once, I'll say it again. Patrick Laine is your second best forward. You're not going to compete for the playoffs. I'm sorry. Sorry. He was surrounded in Winnipeg by really, really talented forwards. Big body, strong defenseman, and a strong goaltender. He was not the driving force. He was not the driving guy. And now he's expected now, you know, to be that second man to Johnny Gaudreau, who, by the way, never envisioned those two players having chemistry. Like, it's weird what's going on over there. Don't think you're going to compete if Patrick Line is your second best forward. And two, I think I'll say one team, and that kind of says it all, like Boston Bruins. I don't think anyone preseason. I think it was like, I expect them to be like, you know, maybe third in the Atlantic. They are the best team in the league by over 10 points to the second place best team in the league. So I think that says a lot about how their season's going. It's almost like they're another team where it was like, is this like, is this success going to end at some point? Is this success going to end at some point? And it hasn't. So I think they're the other team. Yeah, I, I mean, I for me, I certainly think the Bruins have the pieces. I agree with you. I had them as a, as a second, third, I think third, uh, third division finisher uh, up to this team. And what about my team, the Detroit Red Wings, kind of falling off here. Yeah, you know, fell off a little bit, Steve-O. I'm sorry about that. Listen, they're still they were hot for a while. They were hot for a while, and listen, they still got pieces, and they still got time, too. But again, they're... They're not playing, playing, you know, alongside the Rangers and the Penguins, but they got they got some winning to do in the second half to prove me right, Chives. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see if that happens. And I think on that note, we wrap up. Again, we're not going to stray too, too far from talking about the NHL all around. So happy you're listening to us today. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the support. And I'm excited for the next step. I'm excited to talk about this team right here. And uh, I know Steve-O will be as well. Um, it's almost impossible not to talk about other teams amidst all of that. But then again, I also won't sugarcoat, you know, the decisions made. And the Rangers are going to be what the focus is at Puck Talk CS. A lot of changes for us visually and aesthetically. Very excited to get engaged more with the community. And uh, I can't wait, Steve. Uh, can't well, wait. I can't wait to Chives, you know, and we're looking a little bit over the horizon, the switch. Again, be prepared. It's coming soon uh, within days, actually. Rangers got a tough, got a tough lineup, Chives. They got to play Kraken, Hurricanes, Oilers. Uh, they got to play the Flames a couple of times. So after the All-Star break, so it could be a lot of fun, interesting matchups, Chives. I'm excited. Can't wait. Yeah, well, we'll certainly have, uh, of course, the content to cover you with. I can't wait to engage with the community. Like, this is something I thought of for a while. I feel giddy about it. And as Steve-O mentioned, Rangers have huge games coming out of the All-Star break. So when Panarin, Fox, and uh, I think it's Panarin, Fox, and Zibanejad, right, are the All-Stars? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Zibanejad is also, wow, that completely right, yeah. in my mind. 
Um, yeah, when those guys return, they're gonna have to kick it up a notch because it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy. Now, one other thing I wanted to shout out, friend Roy. He's a great guy, Bengals fan, R.I.P. Went to his cousins to watch a game. Their whole family's there. And uh, I'm supporting the Bengals, too. I'm a Raiders guy, so had to support him on, on the Bengals. I'm like, what are the odds you meet a Bengals fan, right? So I'm there. His cousin's telling me he's he went to a Montreal Canadiens game. Got to get the curfew boys on this one. And <laughs> he, he goes for, like, a Chris Stapleton concert. And he ends up – he's like, you know what? Screw it. I refund the tickets. He's like, we got all this – you know, we have the money for the tickets – from the concert that was like canceled or whatever we're in montreal why don't we like let's go see a montreal canadians game he sits like glass seats they play the panthers i don't remember this game but it was like april 22nd or 29th he he goes to the game the panthers win like seven to one but then he's i mean uh the canadians win like seven to one but he's like it was Guy lafleur's celebration of life ceremony so i'm like whoa like we're talking hockey legend on the best team of all time and he's like yeah we still have the bobblehead he's like listen i'm not a hockey guy you want the gila fleur bobblehead from his like ceremony of life after he passed away i was like no nah, this is too good but here it is <laughs> so going for like 300 dollars on ebay right now so that occurred i wanted to give him the shout out because that was like I wouldn't say the most, one of the more shocking gifts I've received probably in my lifetime. Like I, what are the, like, what a, a lot of dots had to connect there. So shout out for the Gila for bobblehead. Thank you so much to Roy and his family for blessing me with that. Yeah, Roy, Roy that's awesome. That, that's great. <laughs> did he like the game? What did, did he, what did he say about the game? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was like, it was awesome. He showed me videos that like, they were right behind the glass. His cousin was showing me like that, you know, they were right behind the glass. Um, so he was like, when I go big, I take a big swing. So he was like, it was like, upwards, like $500, $600. So he was like, it was, it was big money to, to see a Canadians game. But that's always been a dream of mine. Whew. Yawn to uh, go see a Canadians game in the Bell Center. Maybe me and Steve will hike up there. God, I know the Rangers don't play them in the my, Bell Center this season again, but true. That's my bucket list for sure, Chives. All right. Well, be sure to let us know. The switch is coming inbound. We have a few fan questions coming our way. We received a couple of Ranger ones. Those are coming coming your way as well. Uh post all-star break. Again, be wary on the Instagram, Twitter, everything's transitioning over. So go give that a follow. Follow the website as well because you will get notified when episodes, when fire episodes come out like this and much more. Thanks for listening here. And always remember, it's just the luck of the puck.